almost just started this recording with saying good morning, Baltimore. But I guess that's how I'm starting it. So, there's that. So, here is the thing, guys. I think it has been over a month since our last episode. And that is completely my fault, obviously. I'm the one and only running this show, apparently. Um, too bad I don't have like little assistants running around or can't have my students help me with this. But anyway, I've just completely fallen off the track of this podcast thing and I've been forcing myself to get back on just because you guys have to hear this last episode and it's goes out with a bang. I don't know if you just heard my wrist crack, but anyway, I want you guys to hear this. I adore Jess and It's been a few months since we've had this conversation, and so it was so fun to listen back on and just hear her heart and her wisdom again. So I think it's the best way to end Gritted Girl season, and you guys will hear a little bit more of that at the end of the episode of me just chatting it up a little bit of what next season's going to look like. So let's just get started. How are you? I'm doing well. I just wanted to make sure. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Input, microphone, port. Okay, perfect. So how about we just start with you maybe giving a little bit of who you are, what you're doing right now, because I know even like the last six months, I haven't really, um, I haven't seen you other than whenever I came to your dress thing, so kind of an update for myself as well. Sure. So, wait, so our... You want me to, like, completely start from introducing myself, or what? Just, like, yeah. I mean, you were on last season, so hopefully people will remember who you are. But just okay. kind of, like, what's your name? What do you, okay. what's your titles? But what, and then what are you doing right now? What's your sure. thing right now? Focus. Okay. My name is Jessie, and I, uh, I do a lot of different things on any given day, but right now I'm focusing most on my dress design called Season, and then also the podcast that I co-host with my husband called Marriage is Funny. Um, but kind of my um, bread and butter or the, the thing that I do more for, um, I would say, like my true profession than anything else is mm-hmm. I'm an on-air expert. So I get to be on TV and talk about things like style and fitness and healthy eating and lots of fun things um, that relate to kind of the the fashion and beauty industries that I've been a part of for about 10 years now. And it, it's fun because it's gotten to bleed over into the media part of things that I love so much. Yeah. Have you done anything on air recently, maybe this summer or anything? Yeah. Um, um, about once a week, actually. No way. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I think it's just yeah. because I don't really watch TV or anything or not really connected well, to that world that I just don't think of so I, so I do, I travel for those. So yeah. you wouldn't see them probably because yeah. they're on like local stations and gotcha. c- cities all over the country. So, gotcha. so I travel to different news stations and I'll do little segments here and there about, um, different brands and okay. trends and different fun events and things that are going on in those cities. That's cool. So yeah, it's kind of like being like a guest host on, yeah. on any of your like morning news magazine shows is what they're called. Yeah, I guess I don't even, I mean, like I said, I don't have TV, so I don't, I don't watch even the morning shows. So uh-huh. the fact that that's 
a job is so cool to me, but I wouldn't have thought about it because <laughs> I don't know about it. I don't actually really have any idea. So you've done it about once a week and then you've been focusing more on season and what you're doing with that. I mean, yeah, for the past, um, about the past two years, season has been kind of my main, um, business focus in terms of being a creative entrepreneur. Um, and that has been a lot of work so that it's, it sounds kind of like it's more of a side gig, but it really takes up a ton of time. So it's, um, it's fun, but it's definitely a lot of work, as you know, because you were, you know, one of the people that helped us so much at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast comes and goes. We do that. Um, we do seasons of that. Mm-hmm. And we, we've we taken a huge break the past several months. Mm-hmm. We finished season five in the end of December, and we're getting ready to launch season six the first week of October. Okay. So I was going to ask yeah. when that's coming. So you guys are... Yeah. How many episodes do you, do you guys do most beforehand or is it you guys record kind of like two weeks before you put it out what's that look like for you in the past it's been mostly recording the weekend before and Mm -hmm. then I'll edit all day Monday and then kind of get everything squared away to be posted on Wednesday like usually Tuesday at midnight so Mm -hmm. most people see it in their feed on Wednesday okay um, mornings when they wake up Um, but this year we're doing things a little bit differently so we're trying to we're mixing up the format a little bit, which will allow us to get a little bit of, of the content recorded ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And then like the intro and outro, and then some of the little more like time sensitive segments, we'll mm-hmm. still have to do it the weekend before. Cause otherwise it won't be relevant when we yeah. record it. Totally. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting. I'm curious, very curious to see how that works out. It's something we haven't tried before, but it's one of the ways we're experimenting to make it be hopefully more sustainable just mm-hmm. as we obviously both are pursuing our own other things in life, but we want to be able to make the show work also. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just taking a little bit of finagling to get that to that point. Yeah. Well, I don't know if hopefully everyone remembers you, but that's how I found you was Marriage is Funny, which, no, I'm not married, but I loved <laughs> it. And now you live in Long Beach, and I live in Orange County, and it's just hop, skip, and jump away. So, Love it. Um, yeah, so, okay, <laughs> awesome. So, with Good Good Talks before, like I said, it was just kind of that, we're just going to talk, and we're just going to see where it goes. And I had a lot of great feedback from our conversation, because um, I know we talked a lot about Instagram and social media. Yeah. So, that's what I'm really excited to have you for this one. So, let's just dive right in. Great. Okay. So the first question, since it's Grid It Girl, I guess I forget that that's like the subtitle of Good Good Talks right now. How would you define grit? It's so interesting because I think the word itself kind of has a lot of um, connotations around it. And Mm -hmm. I would say when I first hear you say the word, um, some of those connotations come up. Like Mm -hmm. I think of you know, if you get to use the words, word in a sentence, most people say things like, oh, I'm going to grit my teeth or mm, yeah. um, there's like grit stuck in the, <laughs> you know, in the, in the wheels or whatever. Like yeah. it's not always used in the most um, positive of ways, but I think obviously, you know, you're kind of working to, to, I guess, redefine it in a sense, just with this idea that, um, and I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think one of the positive ways that it can be used or mm-hmm. be defined is um, someone who sticks to their guns and, and I like that. <laughs> be, 
feels, yeah, like feels really um, compelled for whatever reason to hold on to the values they believe in and hold on to their priorities in a way that serves them and serves um, the people around them. And I think um, there's definitely a version of that that might actually skew too far on one side of the spectrum. Like I think grit can be taken too far, Mm -hmm. but I think when used with um, like a greater awareness of where you're headed, I think it's possible to understand that grit is a positive thing and it's, it can be helpful and it can be, um, it can be something that both, I guess, maybe challenges us, Mm -hmm. but also enriches our lives in ways that, um, wouldn't be possible if we just sort of sat back and let things happen to us instead of digging in and, um, putting that intention behind them. Yeah, totally. And I think with this whole season is I just want, I just want us women to be able to come together and be like, just because I'm either a stay-at-home mom or because you're BA, whatever, that you can um, still grit it in that way. That you're still kind of, I see, I see grit as getting it, kind of like getting to it. Like you, like you said, sticking to your guns. I just kind of, I don't know, buckle down in some way okay. that every person is doing that in some way or another. So, um, and I think it's just hard cause we can look at other people's lives and think, they're doing it this way and I wish that I could when then that's taking away from how hard we're working in our lives, whatever that looks like for us. So that's kind Why of... Why did you choose that word? Grit. Uh-huh. So um, I... Hannah Brincher, I've talked with about her with you a lot. Um, I think it was about a year and a half ago I visited my friend up in Washington in Salem. Yeah, I remember that. And she was speaking at a conference called Women of Grit. And so that was kind of the first time that I'd heard it with, I don't know, in reference to women, I guess. And um, this was right before I started my podcast, but it was just kind of a, okay, I like that word and I just kind of wrote it down for later and just really felt like it was definitely more of a pull from like my faith in the Lord, just kind of encouraging me and myself of my friends, we're all doing different things and we're all kind of in the same stage, but not (laughs) like we all have a different way of where we're going in life and how, instead of comparing, instead of looking at people and saying, I want to be doing what they're doing, appreciating the season that I'm in and how we're all gritting it and pushing through those hard times, whether it's, I know like for me and my friend Maddie, we talked about hers was like emotionally just really figuring out what that looks like. Um, and so it kind of came about more in that way to just, I always kind of heard it in reference to women of grit. That's kind of the words that went through my head when I'd hear huh. it. So, yeah, that's when I first heard it. Because <laughs> hmm. I, I, that's what I love your perspective is that it's completely, it's not like completely, oh my gosh, it's way different, but I feel like you're giving a whole new perspective in a good way. Because right. I think, well, and I, it challenges me though, even this word, like using it in this way, which I, I welcome. Mm-hmm. Um because I think, you know, lately, especially for me, it's, it's felt like, um, I've had to actually let go of some of my grit Mm. in certain ways. Um, just because there's like an element of force Mm. that I think the word sort of connotes, like if you're having to grit through something, I picture, I picture it being really challenging. And Mm -hmm. obviously there are plenty of 
things about life that are really challenging. I'm not saying we should just ignore the challenges or like avoid the challenges by Mm -hmm. any means. But I think that, I don't know. I just, one of the main things that I've learned this year is that, um, it's okay to feel challenged by certain things because that provides contrast for us Mm -hmm. to understand the difference between like a tough time and a really beautiful, joyful time. Mm -hmm. And obviously those two can be even like weirdly overlapped and layered in certain ways that we can't really even describe, but just to acknowledge that there's both, Mm -hmm. you know, that happen and then that we experience. But, um, I don't know. I think one of the things I've learned is that sometimes when something feels like there's a ton of resistance or Mm -hmm. if it feels like so challenging or so difficult that you just feel stuck, Mm -hmm. that maybe that's a sign that it's Mm -hmm. not the right path. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, I mean, I just, I really, it's, God is kind of opening my eyes to a lot of different ways of thinking about, um, how we hear from him. Mm. And I don't think that we were created for these really, really tough, miserable, um, like slogging through the mud sort of times. Um, I think we were created for a life of abundance and I love the way that, um, the Bible uses the word, um, the Greek word Zoe as, uh, interchangeably with the word, like the word life that we read, you know, in English, Mm -hmm. we we see a lot in the Bible, obviously. And there's two different ways that, um, it's used in Greek. One is Zoe, which is used most often. Um, and then the other one is bios, which like is more like logistical life, like literal Mm -hmm. living, breathing life. Mm -hmm. But then the, the Zoe definition of life I love because it means an enthusiastic and joy filled life in Christ. It's Mm -hmm. like this, um, almost intangible, um, and yet very tangible, (laughs) um, experience of life that can only, um, experience of joy, I should say, that can only come when we fully abide in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if that's what we believe about what we were created for, then, then I guess I'm just taking a really hard look at the places in my life that feel really tough. Yeah. Because it enables me to ask myself, man, does this fall into the category of joyful and abundant life in Christ? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And if it doesn't fall into that category, maybe it's something I can let go of. I'm, of course, trying to think of an example right now. Yeah. Um, But I mean, I I would say even like in terms of some of the career stuff that I've experienced, like there's things that I've had to sort of prune away Mm -hmm. because I realize, man, I'm working so hard at this and it is just not, it's not... um, serving me or others in a way that feels like it's most effectively using my time or my skills Mm -hmm. or my gifts. And if that's the case, then maybe I need to take a good hard look at what else I could be doing instead. Yeah. No, I really like that perspective, especially because I've never, I've never looked at it as pruning and kind of breaking off things that need to be broken off. Because I think for me, where the whole grit came from is, like I said, personally, it's, I have a lot of girlfriends. And so we've been, we've just been going through a lot of relationship stuff with each other, friendships, but then also they're all dating people. And, um, it's, it hasn't necessarily been the fact that they've been dating, but I think it's just our friendship wise, I've never really run into kind of, um, like butting heads with friends before. Everything's kind of just come really naturally. And I think that's kind of where, I ended up was 
okay, this with this friend right now, we're not agreeing on some things and it's not going the way that we necessarily planned. But gritting through and pushing through it, is that going to have us come out on better on the other side, kind of like to the joyful, abundant life uh-huh. that you were talking about? Or is it, if we cut each other away, is that going to be more out of bitterness and out of, um, or is it going to be the best for both of us? And I think through this whole summer, that's been what I've learning, what I've uh. been learning of just with, as you get older and um, kind of learn what's, what's worth pushing into and what's not. Um, I just didn't think that friendship was going to be something that I would face in that. Like I thought it was, I thought it would end in college and high school and you know, it wasn't necessarily petty things either. It's legit. Like I have these feelings and I, I'm hurting this and okay. So how do we move forward? So my thing kind of came through gritting through it to then get to the other side. And how's that worked out? It's been great. We're good. super good. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think there's, there's definitely truth, so much truth and wisdom to that. I mean, there's certainly things that, you know, if we're going to equate gritting it to like hanging in there, mm-hmm. there are so many things in life that are worth hanging in there for. Totally. I mean, you could apply it to friendships, but you could also apply it to marriages. Obviously yeah. that's very topical for me, but I also <laughs> totally get what you're saying for adult friendships. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, you know, conflict doesn't disappear just because we graduate from any level of schooling yeah. that we've gone to. Yeah. Um, and actually what you said was, you know, it, or what I heard and what I can agree with is that sometimes it gets even harder. We think like, I remember when I was younger thinking like, oh, adults don't have these problems, but yeah. it's like when you're an adult, it's a little bit different because some of probably the things you're struggling with in terms of friendships are more meaningful or matters of the heart. I mean, yeah. I'm sure we all have our petty things too, but, yeah. but like it's things like life stage decisions yeah. and politics <laughs> and faith and like, you know, any, any sort of like, you know, big decisions that we have to make, like we're yeah. not always going to see exactly eye to eye. And if mm-hmm. the friendship means a lot to you, I absolutely agree mm-hmm. that it's worth hanging in there in most cases. Yeah. Um, I think that said, I was actually talking with a friend this morning about, Um, she called me and was like, um, so what do you do if you have a friend, which now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm hoping to God she wasn't talking about me. (laughs) She's like, you know, one of those like asking for a friend. Yeah. She's like, what do you do if you have a friend who is negative all the time and like Mm. just always brings the mood down and doesn't mean to, but she just feels like everything bad always happens to her and she's always complaining about that and blah, blah, blah. And how do you, like, how do you approach that when you take, try to take a more positive approach to things? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I gave her some advice. I was like, you know, maybe try this, maybe try that. She had some specific examples and I, I tried to like tell her what I would do in the situation, which definitely doesn't mean that it's the right thing, but just, yeah. I was trying to put myself in her shoes. And then I said, and to be honest, I've had to kind of let friendships sort of fizzle out because of things like that, because yeah after you try a certain amount, if the person never changes and if you feel like every time you're with them, you leave feeling really crummy, totally. That then maybe that's not a friendship that's, um, it's you not know, giving life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. a life giving relationship anymore. So I think it's worth like, it's worth just taking a really good hard look at what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe before deciding, like, I'm going to make this work no matter what. And guess what? There are people in my life that I'm like, man, I would 
go through conflict high and low for this person. Mm -hmm. Um, And in those cases, you know, the grit will definitely play a part in that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, okay, so for the next question of how are you gritting it, maybe we can kind of twist it of what are you, if you're okay with changing it a little bit. Sure, whatever you want. Um, What are you, (laughs) I guess, what are you gritting, but maybe like what are you letting go of the where you found... I'm pushing in this and it's not the life giving that you felt that it was. Sure. Um, that's a great question. I, I don't mean to bring it back to this, but I definitely find, I don't know that I necessarily was gritting it before, but I think, well, maybe, I don't know. I'll I'll let you tell me what you think. I, I definitely have been much more, um, easy going on myself when it comes to social media mm-hmm. participation. And I sort of, I know we talked a little bit about this last time, but I think a long time ago I gave myself the okay to just post as much as I'd like whenever I'd like mm-hmm. and not have to go by some sort of algorithm or some sort of method or someone's advice mm-hmm. on my personal account. That was easier to yeah. get rid of or not get rid of, but like, not hold on so tightly to totally with my business stuff. It's a little bit harder because when you're an entrepreneur and your livelihood kind of depends on like whether or not people see your stuff, you have to be a little bit grittier about Mm -hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. so I have, I've done a lot of soul searching and it's been hard because I, on one hand, I'm like, Nope, you just got to hang in there. Mm -hmm. You got to keep like, you got to keep posting. You got to keep interacting, engaging all that stuff. Um, but then I think because I've actually seen a lot of um, freedom in my personal mm-hmm. approach to my personal account in mm-hmm. that sense, um, it's so tempting to just be like, man, what would just what would happen if I just um, didn't worry so much about the actual social media posts for my business and instead I focused on in-person events mm-hmm. or instead I focus on building up our wholesale accounts, mm-hmm. um, or I should say starting a wholesale account because we don't, that's not something that we yeah. do yet. But that's like, what I was thinking. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. There's so like there's, but there's other ways to build a business besides just totally this business to consumer model that really relies on things like marketing and social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite honestly, like a lot of, because a lot of my work comes from these TV stations that hire me mm-hmm. or these products that, you know, these brands that hire me to talk about their product on the air, those people aren't finding me on social media usually. Mm -hmm. And they're not hiring me because I have a social media following. They're hiring me because I'm great on camera. They're Mm -hmm. hiring me because I have a knowledge of, of the trends and the industry. And they're hiring me because I'm professional and I, they know they can trust me with conveying the message they're trying to convey. And it's so interesting to me how we tie up so much of our value and our worth in what our online persona looks like. Mm -hmm. But I've really enjoyed this year letting the other parts of my career Mm -hmm. carry, carry me financially so that I could let go Mm -hmm. of some of the parts of my career that are so dependent on the likes or follows of other people. Yeah. And I don't think that Instagram, Facebook, and I'm not, I don't know if Twitter's gotten to the point yet either but I don't think they've helped with like you said the algorithm it's it's literally impossible now to even mm-hmm. kind of do anything I remember when I was I was an intern for a church three years ago no 
two years ago, and I planned everything that they did every day, and it was the most stressful thing to make sure that it was going out at the right time, um, and to, like, we weren't really necessarily counting likes, but it was kind of, okay, well, why did this picture get more likes than this picture? How did more people see it, you know? And it's, and it's hard, because then it's, you definitely want people to hear your message, especially when it comes to the church, like, you want people to hear your message. Um, but then at the same time, I even think of your business is focused on ethically made, ethically, like, just, you're focusing on the people behind the dress, focusing on what is in the dress and who's going to be wearing it to where social media, the push in that is a little bit harder, I feel like, because you're like, well, I want to sell the dress, obviously, you created it, you want to make some money, but you're not in it to make the money, you're in it because you believe in why you created it. Right. So I think that's the hardest place to be is because so hard. social media doesn't make it any easier. I know. But, I mean, I've just kind of gotten to the point where I th- it's hard because I want to just say I'm just going to trust the Lord that he's called me to this to where, okay, this podcast isn't necessarily going to be like the biggest podcast in the world. But if I have three people listening and those are the people that need to listen, then okay. That's what it is, and I'm going to trust in that. And I don't need to be posting five times a week just to make sure everybody figures out, oh, she's going to be this, you know, making sure everybody know that I'm still still there. Because honestly, there's been times, I think it's been like months that I have not posted on my Good Good Talks account because I just, honestly, I forget about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think then it's hard because it's like, well, I want to trust, but at the same time, there's the, I can't just rely on the Lord to completely do all of my work because then I always think of the story with my dad. He's so funny. He went to a small Christian college for his freshman year and he remembers this guy that literally would never, never do any of his homework, never go to class and just say, well, I just trust that the Lord's going to help me like know what I'm doing. And he's like, well, of course he flunked that year because he didn't put any work into it. (laughs) So there's always that of what's the work and what's, what's the Lord doing? And I think maybe, I don't know, where do you think that is for you? I have so much to say about that. Because, <laughs> well, because, I mean, first of all, I love that, that your dad even has that as a story because I think that's such a testament to, um, and I don't know, actually, what I'm about to say maybe doesn't necessarily apply to the guy, their dad's college friend, mm-hmm. but I think it's a good illustration of the idea that... Um, we are meant to actually, this is so interesting to me. Um, at church on Sunday, this past week, our, one of our teaching pastors mentioned, he go, we was talking about heaven Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how we're going to be working in heaven. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, we, we maybe sometimes think that we're going to be like lounging around on puffy clouds, like Mm -hmm. eating bonbons (laughs) until we, you know, can't fit anymore. Although we would always be able to fit in, like, you know, and, (laughs) Uh, he just was like talking about how um, we were created to create. Yeah. Uh, God, God made us that way, and so when we're in heaven, or when when the new creation comes, like that's just going to be a better, more optimal, glorious, perfect version of how we are now. So why yeah. do we think that we wouldn't be working? And yeah. so this idea that like you don't have to work at something and that Mm -hmm. God can just completely take it and make it into this magical, wonderful, successful thing overnight without you having to do anything. Yeah. 
and I know you're not saying this, but I'm just saying some people kind of do like act like that's what happens. Yeah. I think what actually ends up happening is that some people feel such a strong call to a particular thing. Mm -hmm. And if that call is coming directly from the Lord, and if that is a desire on their heart that they were created with and that they were literally made to do, then I think those people have an easier time Hmm. because that's like the wheels are greased or like the, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so I think it's getting really clear about your, like, Maybe that guy wasn't meant to go to college. Or maybe the guy wasn't, maybe he wasn't meant to study whatever line of. Yeah, whatever it was. Of work that he wanted to study. You know, it's like something about the situation. I'm not saying that if he would have picked the right major, everything would have been perfect. Yeah. Gotten all A's. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I think the. He would have enjoyed studying and going to class. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. And so, for instance, with me, because I don't really enjoy. Um, I enjoy parts of social media. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the conversations that come from it. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy creating beautiful images and words that go together. But the part about, um, like you said, beating the algorithm or mm-hmm. like uh, kind of like gaming the engagement of yeah. trying to reach eyeballs, like yeah. that part of it stresses me out. And yeah. so I think that's one of the reasons why I don't do it as much as I quote unquote should. Mm-hmm. Um, or like how much people say I should, Mm -hmm. um, the experts. (laughs) Um, but, but again, like there's other parts of my business that I do feel like, again, going back to in-person events, I mean, that has been a part of season that has felt so life-giving and so exciting and so natural. And it's been a really successful part of our business model. Mm -hmm. And when I'm working on putting those together, I'm like, on, you know, this like, just really excited high about what I'm working on, you know? Yeah. And I think that's because I love hosting and I love creating space for people to get together and I love introducing wonderful people and I love, um, you know, I love all the things that go into that. I think I was created to do those things, if that makes sense. No, totally. Because I think, excuse me. It's, there's some people, I'm even thinking of Jenna Kutcher. Do you know who she is? She is all about social media, but she, that's her thing. She knows it really well and she loves it. So she just kills it when she goes at it. And there's been a lot of, um, times that I can look at other people that just love and enjoy doing social media all the time to where, yeah, I'm like you. I love connecting. And there's been so many people that I would not know like you without social media. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I would much rather meet two or three people and then meet them in real life and have conversation relationship with them in that way. And then maybe post about it later because it it's fun to share or something like uh-huh. that. Yeah, it's hard. But I think, that's, I think that's a good way to see it of there's some people that it's just their thing. But it's okay that it's not yours and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to, doesn't have to lead and push you in a direction that you maybe don't necessarily enjoy going or doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so funny. Cause when I say what, what I said earlier is like, there's parts about it that I love. And I think one of the things that bothers me about it. And one of the reasons why I do try to avoid it is because it does end up being so difficult to not let it distract me mm-hmm. from doing the stuff that's way more important. Mm-hmm. Like, actually getting dresses made or actually (laughs) recording a podcast before we 
you know, have anything to post. And mm-hmm. so it can just be a, a method of distraction that I'm wary of. And it can be a method of um, comparison that can yeah. pull us in too quickly. And I know you mentioned that a little bit earlier, but um, I think it's just important to like be really aware of it and not, you know, see people like Jenna Kutcher who are killing it mm-hmm. and think like, oh, I have to do it exactly like her in order yeah. to be successful or in order to make this work because mm-hmm. that's just not it's not going to look the same for everybody totally totally love it okay so well then how would you encourage women in the season that you're in of maybe I guess going back to just kind of stepping back and letting go of things and kind of gritting it that way and pushing through it that way how would you encourage women in that um I think you know again just kind of really taking a good hard look at the why behind whatever it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. because like I said earlier those desires of your heart are going to be what pull you along and I think the desires of our hearts are there for a reason and I think those are some of the clues that God gives us about mm-hmm. what, what we're supposed to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're unsure, if someone's unsure of like, oh my gosh, should I give this up or should I dial it back on that or should I avoid this or that or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I would say like maybe looking at the broader picture of whatever it is that I'm questioning in that moment, why am I, why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. How is it serving my overall mission, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to write like some sort of life mission statement. It all has to <laughs> align with that, though that's not yeah. a bad idea, but it doesn't have to be that grand of a thing because mm-hmm. that could feel overwhelming too. I think mm-hmm. it could be as simple as deciding like, look, these next six months, I'm going to focus so hard on getting the podcast off the ground or, or I'm going to focus on getting my dress line started or whatever mm-hmm. it is people are working on. Even mm-hmm. if it's like these next six months, I'm going to focus on being a new mom or yeah. a, a great law school student or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like identifying what it is that you're pursuing mm-hmm. and then, um, pressing into that, but letting, letting that be sort of a filter mm-hmm. that you can see everything else through. And so if something comes up and, and you're starting to feel resistance in a certain area, you can say, gosh, is this, is this going to help me be the best mom to my new baby? Or is this going to help me be the best student? Or is this going to help me be the best entrepreneur? If the answer is no, maybe you do leave it or it's not even even leaving it behind, but maybe it's you shelve it for a season. Yeah. You know, um, I, I just think, you know, for me and I can, I can talk about Jesus all day long. So you can stop <laughs> me if this gets too spiritual. I will but. never stop you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I find that drawing near to him and spending more time with the Lord is just the only way that I can get a really clear read on what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's so funny because like, I'm just going to show you, I'm sitting at my desk here and I know that the podcast listeners can't necessarily see this as well as you can. Everybody this imagine. This is my planner. <laughs> okay. It's my planner. And then I have right here, um, this question, I don't know if you can read it. It's probably backwards actually, cause we're FaceTiming, but it says, what would you have me do today? Mm. Um, because this week I had a lot of flexibility and so, um, a lot more flexibility than normal in that I didn't have any like a point. Well, I mean, I have a doctor's appointment, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't have any client meetings set up or anything yeah. like that. And besides meeting with you today, I, I, most of the things I was working on were more flexible mm-hmm. 
And so it was like, okay, I want to wake up every morning and ask, ask God to just point me in the right direction. Hmm. And I don't always feel like the answer is super obvious, mm-hmm. but I do know that because that's how my heart is postured, yeah. I know that God blesses um, the intent behind it. Mm-hmm. And I have felt like every day has had a ton of purpose, a ton of productivity behind it. Um, and I know it's even a short week and I already, like, I had a whole list of things I wanted to get done this week and I'm mm-hmm. almost finished and it's only Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is rare for me. <laughs> Usually I finish Monday's to-do list like on Friday yeah. and then everything else gets pushed to the next week. So anyways, I do think that the Lord honors our, um, our requests for him to guide us. Mm-hmm. And so that's been like the root of it all for me, especially I would say this past, I don't know maybe definitely this year for sure. But mm-hmm. even beyond that, I would say as an adult, like the past year or two for me have mm-hmm. been um, just seeking God and knowing that everything else is going to fall into place when I do that first. Mm-hmm. I feel like this question will kind of fall under it. But mm-hmm. so I was thinking of, <laughs> I have a Facebook group for this podcast and it's oh, another, okay, well, it's another thing I barely post in, so, because I forget about it. Um, but I remember I posted right before I started the season, what are some questions that you want to ask women that are going to be on? And one of the things that they asked was, how do you find your purpose? It's honestly a really broad question. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like what you were saying kind of led into that. And it may honestly just be as simple as leaning into Jesus. But how do you feel like, okay, you've been in this career path for about 10 years now. And I feel mm-hmm. like more than any time you've found kind of what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, could you give like a little bit of how that came? Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, this is one of my favorite questions to get in my mentoring sessions mm-hmm. because I... I think it's so important, but I also, I love the idea of having someone else to bounce the process off of and almost think of it like, um, you know, like a little tennis volley, right? You're Mm -hmm. like knocking these ideas back and forth and it's an exchange. Um, it takes that exchange to like give it some momentum, right? But then you, at the end, you want to pick it up and look at it and inspect it in the, (laughs) in the sense of like, does it work? Does yeah. it fly? Does it bounce? Does it is this feel right to me? But I think it's helpful to have community around that conversation. And that's something that makes it extra cool that people are, you know, inquiring about how that might look. For yeah. me, I would say it's been figuring out the place where, um, and I would say like, you don't have to pick one purpose, first mm-hmm. of all. And so I definitely have this in this season of my life, I definitely have three things that kind of come to mind just as, um, I guess maybe I have just like this multi-purpose season and that's Mm -hmm. okay. One, uh, and the one I think that's most front of mind is the identities that we walk around with and how Mm -hmm. special and precious they are, but how, um, how much work they take to protect and, Um, that's my favorite, favorite thing to talk about, to write about, to speak about, teach about, Mm -hmm. um, learn about, read about, write about. It's one of those things where, like you said earlier with the college classes, it's like, because I love it so much, I've even recently been wondering, like, am I supposed to go back to school and try to like, 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do I need to go study psychology to get more of this? Or mm-hmm. how could I, how can I further this just really deep hunger for understanding our identities, both mm-hmm. in the context of the actual world that we live in, but also in the very, um, uh, very holy context of our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm like so jazzed. You you can see a change in my demeanor. And so that's the other part of the question is I ask people first, what are they most excited to learn more about or to consume in terms of like what type of content? And then how does that intersect with their gifts and Mm -hmm. the skills or the experience that they've had or the um, the things that they're really good at. And mm-hmm. I think finding like where those things overlap is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, to give another example of one for me that doesn't have anything to do with say my career, mm-hmm. um, is I just have a really, um, sweet spot in my heart for, um, kids that are either entering into or trying to be kept from entering into the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Not because foster care is bad, but because when they're in the foster care system, it's really hard for their parents to get them back. And there are certain cases mm-hmm. where they don't necessarily need to be taken away from the parents and mm-hmm. the parents are doing their best, but they, the state decides to take the kids away for kind of like, um, almost like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like reasons that, that the kid's not in danger, but yeah. the parent maybe like, got kicked out of their apartment and had nowhere else to sleep. So they had to spend the night in the park Yeah, and the kids get taken away, even though the mom's trying to do her best and you know, all of that. So anyways, we volunteer with this organization called safe families, um, so that we can take those kiddos who have like an urgent short term Mm -hmm. need and whose parents should be able to get them back. And we don't want those kids to be into the foster care system because yeah. they should be with their parents who are trying their best. Yeah. And, and that's been a part of my purpose this year. Um, and then I would say the other one just is encouraging couples to pursue, um, healthy marriages through laughing at themselves and laughing at each other and, <laughs> and tons of honest communication. And so I think those three things, like when stuff comes up for me, those are like my lenses that I use, you know, yeah does X, Y, Z point toward any of these that I'm mm-hmm. so passionate about and that I would consider my purpose? And if the answer is no, then I, then I take a little bit more time to like figure out if I really need to say yes to it. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I do, it could be an exception, mm-hmm. but, um, but a lot of times it's like, eh, I don't know, it doesn't really fit in with my purpose right now. So is it going to be the best fit? Yeah. Maybe not. When I think when it comes to people asking when you find your purpose, it's, kind of means you're zoning into one thing and I remember really struggling with that have you read Garden City by Mark John Mark Comer no okay so I wouldn't say it's all about finding kind of your niche or your purpose in life and um I mean he's he's writing from from the perspective of he's a pastor so a lot of it is more um focused on how a lot of it's how, okay, we are created to work, so what are we working towards and what mm-hmm. are, what is the thing that we want to do that's work, I guess, here? And then what were we called to do in heaven as well? Um, so I would encourage you to read it because it connects to the whole working and all of that. But cool. it also kind of goes from the ground up to where he's asking questions. Okay, what do you love? What's this? Where do you feel the Lord's leading you? And I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of things you've already figured out in ways. I mean... 
who knows, it could be like a fun read in that. But anyway, so I remember reading it and getting really frustrated because I have like these two separate worlds where I teach fifth and sixth grade, but I do a podcast and there's honestly like no way for them to intersect because I'm not interviewing kids. I'm not interviewing (laughs) other teachers. I mean, I love teachers and would love to, but where I'm at with my podcast is more focusing on just encouraging and developing women to who they're created to be. And, but then at the same time, when I look at my kids, that's what I'm doing for them too. So sometimes it can overlap, but it's still two different things, you know, and there's so many other things, but I just remember being so frustrated because I was like, but I can't find my one thing. Like I can't podcast for work and teach for work. Like I can't do these things. And, um, I don't know if it, I don't think it was in the book, but when I was reading it, one of my friends I was talking about was like, it's just going to be, he's not saying you have to have that one thing. He's saying, he's trying to help you find what you love and what you enjoy and what you feel called to do. And I think that's where we get stuck is we think, oh my gosh, it has to be this one thing. And if it's not one thing, then that's not my purpose. And if I can't find one focus, then, I mean, obviously everyone else in the world has and I haven't, which is... So not true. <laughs> well, and you know, I mean, as well as, as I do, that our podcast that we've been working on for over three years mm-hmm. has basically been a hobby Yeah, um, that we occasionally get to monetize, but most of the time it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. And season six is going to be different because we actually, we have a full season full of sponsors. Oh, wow. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. We haven't done that before. So <laughs> it's going to be a little different in that sense, which we're excited about. But at the same time, it's actually had, it's forced us, I guess, a little bit to get really comfortable mm-hmm. with the idea that some things that are part of your purpose and that you're really passionate about end up staying as a hobby. And there's mm-hmm. so nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's It's been definitely tricky to try to, like, figure out how to reconcile the amount of time spent on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, we care about marriages so, so much mm-hmm. that, like, that's why we've continued doing it. It was totally. never like, oh, should we stop? I mean, well, yeah, there are big questions about whether we should stop. But, like, yeah. but it, that's why we always come back. It's yeah. we're like, no, we care so much about this. And yeah. We, we want to use healthy relationships to, um, to, uh, you know, bring glory to God's name. And Mm -hmm. I think the ways that we can encourage others into that is hopefully, you know, happening by way of our conversations. It's weird to say, cause it's not like, you know, we don't give advice or anything, but mm-hmm. just even just letting people understand or hear how we work through our own crap, mm-hmm. um, I think has given people freedom to say like, Oh wait, I don't have to have a perfect marriage in order to have a great marriage. Yeah. Um, and that's been our whole thing from the very beginning. Yeah. No, I love it. So maybe we could put it in the terms of a purpose. You could say like my, like the percentage of my day, mm-hmm pointed towards any of my purposes or my main purpose. It doesn't have to be some sort of perfect ratio yeah. in order for me to be fulfilled and happy. Yeah. No, I like that. Especially because I spend eight hours with kids, one hour on my podcast, and then <laughs> I split it up that way. Yeah. Okay. So I know it's getting close to 530, so I want to kind of wrap it up. I think the last question will be good. So any, do you have any tangible ways that you think women could grit with one another 
rather than against one another. So in what you're talking about of encouraging women through your season in the way that you are finding that you really want to dig into just that identity of women of how does that all kind of connect of how can we be together rather than against? Hmm. Um, It's a little bit of a harder question for me to answer um, because I feel like I have two thoughts about it. So I'll just blurt those out and you can tell me what you think. Okay. First of all, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of community, so I definitely don't want this to come off sounding like, you should go be a lonely island by yourself somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that one of the ways we can best encourage each other or be a person that encourages others is by taking care of ourselves. And yeah. I don't necessarily mean self-care in the way that's so buzzy right now. Although wellness and and emotional health and self-care are all important, but mm-hmm. I mean more like soul care. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, making sure you are a whole person and that you understand your places of brokenness and your places of, of great joy. And, yeah. and I think by, and I, I don't, it's hard because some people are quick to say, well, that sounds really selfish, but, um, one of the best ways that we can show up for our friends is by bringing the best of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I notice that a lot in a group of women that I meet with each week, um, that the more, we, um, kind of are willing to dig into our own stuff Mm -hmm. in the context of being vulnerable with each other, Mm -hmm. the more it ends up encouraging the entire group. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and even when you don't feel like you have the right response or the most comforting answer or Mm -hmm. the best solution or advice or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe it's sharing, maybe it's, it's being empathetic or sharing a story that might be similar to what someone else in the group is going through or another friend is going through. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. And like I said, I think there's so much power in community, but I also, I want people to remember that, um, it can get a little tricky if you feel like there's a lot of pressure to step into this role of performing for your friends Mm -hmm. or being good enough for your friends. Mm -hmm. And that, um, it's really hard to to make everyone happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you and you can't. Even in a friend group, you're just you're not going to make everyone happy and mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, I think yeah, I, I think the vulnerability piece is big. Um, I think prayer is big. I love yeah. praying for my friends. Um, I love writing out prayers for my friends because it doesn't always feel super natural to be like, mm, "Hi, we're in the middle of a busy <laughs> Although I did this the other day, actually, with my best friend. She was having a really rough time, so it wasn't Aww. as, unu- it, like, you know, it felt right in the moment. But, yeah. Um, there were tears, and we were sitting. It wasn't, like, conflict between us. It was something yeah. else she was experiencing. And so mm-hmm. I was like, can I just pray right now? And we're in the middle of Pacific City. Have you been there? Which is, like, this outdoor mall in Huntington oh. Beach right on the Yes, ocean. I have. Yeah, yeah. So we're I was like, like I in the middle. It. Okay. Yeah, we're totally like, right. We sit down on a planter, and people are walking by. There's a baby screaming and stuff, and it was such a sweet time because I, I mean, I didn't say anything magical, but I just, I just prayed for us. Yeah. And, um, she said a few words too, and then it was nice because I feel like sometimes praying with each other um, allows you to sometimes say things that you might not say just like in a 
typical conversation. Mm, And it helped me see into her heart deeply. And um, I think it helped her know how much I truly care about this part of her life. And um, so, yeah, that would probably be another way. I love that. That makes me think of the friend that I was having conflict with of before we even had our first conversation. She was like, can I pray before we start? And I was kind of thrown off because... Of course, yes, but I didn't think of it. So it yeah, I off. know sometimes it can feel. I've like, totally been there before. If someone <laughs> says that and you're like not in the space for it, you yeah, can, it's, I've been in a place where I felt like a little defensive about that. Yeah, because um, then especially if you're not expecting there to be conflict, and so then you're like, whoa, 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 are we about? Are you about to like punch me in the face? Yeah. Or something? <laughs> so the other, so then I will say, if there's a time when it doesn't feel natural, what I do try and do, like I'll give a quick example. Our neighbors across the street. Um, mm-hmm. Um, one of them was really sick a couple of years ago and they're really close. We're really close to them. And so, and I wasn't quite sure if they pray or like mm-hmm. how that, would, you know, mm-hmm. and so I didn't want to be like, can I lay hands on you and pray right now? Yeah. Um, so instead I, I, I wrote out a prayer. I like mm-hmm. filled up a sheet of paper, wrote out a prayer. It wasn't even in a note card. It was like in my spiral ring binder that I just ripped out and folded yeah. up and stuck through their mail slot. And yeah. he said the other day, he's like, I still have that. And it still means a lot Aww. to me. And you know, it's, it's just, it's so, um, I don't know. It can be such a gift to people regardless of what their beliefs are. And I think that's a great way to encourage others. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the best thing that we could end on right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I just love having these talks with you. And on that note, I will be praying for you. Oh, thank you. Um, for all of the things you're working on. I'm just so proud of you. I know not everyone maybe knows like the backstory of us, but um, the fact that we get to be friends is just a huge bright spot in my life. And so I'm really thankful for you. Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful for you too. I need <laughs> to come to Long Beach. I'm going to come and Please. we're going to find a time. <laughs> Please do. Please all right. Do. Love you so much. Thank you for coming okay. on. You're welcome. Have a good night. Bye. Guys, how amazing is Jesse? Here's the thing, is I usually, nine times out of ten, forget to do an outro after I do an interview. But here I am, I remembered, and honestly, that woman, like I said from the get-go, I have wanted her to be on this podcast, and more just because she's always been someone that has encouraged me and just completely rooted me on to be who I am and go go do what I want to do while just being a woman of a woman of grit and even if she sees grit a little bit differently that um I hope that maybe through this conversation it can be like this way of no Jess you are actually a woman that pushes through not necessarily all of the hard things but you're working for your purpose and you're working towards the things that you feel called to do and that's grit in it so Jess, thanks for coming on. Guys, thanks for listening. If you missed the first conversation that I had with Jess in the second season, go ahead and catch that. I'm pretty positive that is probably, I don't know, episode 19 or 20. And maybe, just maybe, go back and listen to some oldies because I hate to break it to you, but this is the last episode of Good Good Talk Season 3, Grid It Girl Season. But it's more of the end to a beginning because... Guys, I love this thing. I love this platform, and it's not something that I just want it to be a little hobby that I had for a few years. I want it to be something that keeps growing and keeps going on and moving throughout the seasons that I'm going through because, honestly, 
I've just started counseling. I've just started a lot of, I've just moved to a new place. There's just a lot of new stuff in my life. And this podcast allows me to kind of verbally process that even more with my good friends, with people that I don't know or people that I've just met. And then allows you guys to be part of those conversations. And the whole reason I started this thing is because those conversations are things that that I've listened to, I guess, from other podcasts, those conversations have just filled me so much and just led me to the Lord. And that's just my prayer for this is conversations I have with new people, old people, whatever it is that you guys can take just a little bit part of Jesus with you, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, and just have some encouragement and have some built up words that you can take with you wherever you go not because of me, but because of him. So guys, this podcast isn't ending. It's just a like, see you later kind of thing. And I'm sorry for the kind of, I don't know, kind of like dangling the carrot in front of you of like, Hey, I have one more podcast. I have one more episode coming up, but haven't shared it yet, but this is it guys. It's going to be a few months. So sit back, relax, listen to maybe some oldies, like I said, but Really, I just want you guys to be in it and around it and through it. And I'm going to try my best through teaching and through all this other stuff that I'm just choosing to put on my plate, you know, that I could get connected with you guys and really just see what the next step should be for this thing. I'm so thankful for you guys. Love you all so much. And I'll see you in a few months.